Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel here. How about a little bit of Sports Center? The University of Montana, Montana State football teams head into week three tomorrow, looking to build off big wins in week two. The Grizzlies are back on the road, headed to Oregon. The Ducks are ranked 15th in the nation in the AP Top 25 poll. After losing to Auburn on a late touchdown, Oregon bounced back last week. You could say bounce back. They dismantled Nevada 77-6. The Grizz are 2-0 with wins over South Dakota and North Alabama. This game will be the last in the country to kick off with a scheduled 8.45 Mountain Time start. It is on the Pac-12 network. Montana State, they go on the road to play the away half of a home-and-home with Western Illinois. WIU opened last season in Bozeman, where the Cats were 26-23 winners. This year, MSU travels to Macomb to play the 0-2 Leathernecks in their home opener. Montana State is 1-1, coming off an impressive 38-17 win over 12th-ranked Southeast Missouri State. That win bolstered the Cats to a national ranking of 10th. Kickoff between MSU and Western Illinois is scheduled for 2 o'clock Mountain, can be seen on ESPN+. And finally, in Frontier Conference football, 1-0 Montana Western visits 1-1 MSU Northern. That kicks off at 1 o'clock. And the 2-0 Rocky Mountain, who was an NAIA preseason top 25 team, heads to the state capital to take on Carroll College. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Two. 
Outstanding to be with you here on this fine Friday afternoon. Let me officially welcome you to the weekend. Oh, how good does it feel? Cruising around, leaving town, sticking around. Good stuff. We are broadcasting live from the Chris Polaris Studios. Chris Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy online at chrispolaris.com. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can catch it on the podcast. The Two Tail No One podcast is available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so you can go listen to it, rate it, review it. We appreciate that. It is brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. It is time now to go to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line and welcome in the aforementioned Jerry Allen, the voice of the Ducks. He's been doing it for 33 years. He joins us now. Jerry, thanks so much for taking the time out this afternoon. How are you? I'm doing really well, Ryan. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to get talk college football. No doubt. It, uh, you know, the season seems so short sometimes, doesn't it? But when it's here, it is a great thing. Uh, I'm interested, uh, first of all, I want to go through this game, of course, but you've been uh, the voice of the, the Ducks for like 33 years. This is not the first time you've seen the Montana Grizzlies. You've seen them a couple times, including one close-up set in like 1993, right? Do you have any recollection of that game, which was a big one for Grizz fans because it was the uh, career day debut of one Dave Dickinson, who turned out to be pretty good around these parts. All I remember about that is that Oregon was very lucky. Just let me say that. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. it, could have been, it could have been a real bad memory for Duck fans. But no, not only in football, but in basketball. We've been up there a few times in mm. basketball. I just hate coming up there and play basketball because you've got an unbelievable home court advantage. It's a tough place to play. Yeah, it's a, it is. It's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good spot, all things considered. Uh, you know, given the uh, given the rural nature of the state that uh, that we have here, let's talk about this football game Saturday. Uh, obviously, Oregon coming off a, a, a very disappointing loss, a game that you know they look great in and then just slipped kind of away at the end against Auburn, and it seems like they may have taken out some of that frustration on Nevada last week. What's the psyche of this? Uh, Oregon Duck team being one and one right now. Well, I think they realize they easily could have been two and two, and it's some, some frustration with that. And I, I think you're right. I think last week they wanted to to make a point that they can play better football than they did against Auburn. Uh, and, and I think this Oregon team feels like if they don't beat themselves, if they don't give up scoring opportunities or lay the ball on the carpet, they've got a chance to win every game they go into. So they, they played a nearly perfect game last week. I mean, sometimes everything clicks your way, and I feel bad for Nevada because they were a much better football team than Oregon made them look last week. Uh, in the interest of not bearing the lead, I mean, the guy certainly for Oregon that has the most national notoriety is Justin Herbert, quarterback, and, you know, on the corner, the cover of the regional sports illustrated and all that. What's most impressive, though, to you about him? Oh, I think his his intelligence. Um, you know, you always need a guy at quarterback who's going to lead a team who is very smart and can think very quickly. He's like a four point oh seven student, so he is just a naturally gifted, smart, and he, and he's he's got that in his family. They they've all been great athletes. They've all been a part of athletics for years, and he's carried that uh, with him uh, to the University of Oregon. So when when he gets on the field now as a veteran. He sees everything, and it slows down for him as if we were playing a video game, and he can he can move pieces and do what he wants. He doesn't have to rely on the coaching staff as much to get him into a position or his team into a position to, to create a play. So he's just a very smart player. He's strong. I mean, he's, he's a big dude, uh, which you want a quarterback, and, and the kind of guy that's going to go on to the next level with that size. So... Yeah, it's kind of fun watching him. He just six six two thirty seven and very very smart. Uh, 
the you know Justin Herbert gets a lot of looks and all that kind of stuff, but Bobby Houck went uh, kind of out of his way to talk about the offensive line, and we know obviously with Coach Cristobal how you know as a, as an offensive lineman himself, uh, certainly that seems to be a unit that is as good as it's been in a long time at Oregon. How much impact are they having right now on on this team in general, and and of course on protecting their quarterback? Well, I think the, 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 you know, with Mario Cristobal being an offensive you know, alignment coming from Miami, and, and that's his forte. That's what he does. He's built an offensive line, and these guys were there, so they've come along as veterans. Uh, but it's the key. I, I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care who your receivers or running back is. If you do not have an offensive line that can stand up to whatever the defense is going to throw at them, then everybody behind them or everything behind them falls apart. And, and Oregon's got veterans. I mean, a senior center in Jake Hansen, Shane Lemieux, a senior left guard. Um, the right guard is Dallas Warmack. He's a senior. They're all big guys. Calvin Throckmorton is a senior. And they've all, they've all played. They're all experienced and have came back from last year. What's interesting is the left tackle, Penny Sewell, is 6'6", 325. He's only a sophomore. He may be the best lineman on that team. And then they've got some depth to go with it, so they don't have to wear anybody out. This is, to me, and we've had some really talented offensive lines. This is the best offensive line I've seen since I've been here. Jerry Allen joining us. He's the voice of the Ducks, has been for over three decades. Uh, and so he knows a little something about Oregon football, Oregon sports in general. Uh, happy to be on with him. I'm always interested to know because, you know, when an FCS team goes to play at a, a, an FBS school, especially a Power 5 team, say nothing of a Top 25 team, there's there's a level of excitement, but also maybe a level of dread amongst the fan base where, you know, you're, you're pumped to go see Autzen Stadium and the night game and all of that. But then you go, okay, well, look at, you know, what are we up against? here what is it like though on the other side when you know an fcs team that has certainly plenty of respect nationally at this level but obviously is is sort of maybe an afterthought when you talk about teams on the on the schedule that oregon is going to play this year well oregon it can look at recent history when when they've had games where they were supposed to have played well and won easily going away and and you get to the end of the ball game and maybe you win it or maybe you don't we've had some of those but, but you didn't take care of business the way everybody thought you would. So these are the kind of games that you go into that if you are not prepared, this is a, in, in our way of thinking, this is like a bowl game of sorts for Montana. They're getting to play at Autzen Stadium, a Pac-12 school, uh, on a pretty big stage. And, and so they're going to play up to Oregon. I, I don't care who Montana is or what they've done. They're going to play up to Oregon football. And if, if Oregon is not realized that and ready for that, and if the fans are not ready for that and don't bring that noise and that home field advantage, then you give a team a chance to be in the game early, and then you know you've watched this game. Anything can happen. That's why there's that little term called upsets. Now, do you expect that in this game? No, but there's always that outside chance. There's always that possibility. If you don't take care of business, and that's something Mario Cristobal will not let this team do, and that is not take care of business. So they're going to come prepared. The question is, will the fans show the respect that they should to Montana? You know, I'm interested in that aspect of it, actually, because we kind of took our a mental tour of the Pac-12 and, and came to the conclusion on this show that that, that Oregon is the best environment for a, a home football game. Maybe on the right night, you know, Pullman uh, can get going in Martin Stadium pretty good, even though it's obviously smaller, the smallest of the group. But the Pac-12, you know, UCLA, USC, sure, there's a lot of people there, but those bars are so huge and it's not maybe quite the enthusiasm. Do you think that the fans are going to show out in, in the normal type of way uh, for this one? I think they will 
to some degree, but because of the late hour and, and kickoff's not going to come till about seven fifty-five. Right. There, there are going to be a lot of fans who live on the east side of the state, over in the Ben Redmond area, Central Oregon. A lot of Portland area fans and some from down south that are going to say, you know what? Um, gosh, by the time this game's over, around eleven thirty, maybe midnight, get home two in the morning, three in the morning. I think we'll watch this on TV. So the question is, how many of those fans? And it's a great fan base. But when you throw a game this late at night, how many of those fans are going to come? So it's a little bit unknown. Not that they don't respect the opponent. It's just that it's difficult to travel at the late hour around the state of Oregon, as it is you know, Washington or Montana, any of the northwest states, after dark. And you've got to go to great distances. That's not something people look forward to. Jerry Allen joining us. He's the voice of the Ducks. And I want to talk about Oregon, uh, specifically Oregon football, just a little bit historically, because you've been there for so long. There were some lean years for the Oregon football team, uh, you know, going back for, for quite a while. But it seems like, you know, on the outside, you point to, you know, Phil Knight, the influx of, uh, you know, some financial backing, and they're the first to do all the uniforms and do kind of all of that stuff and has risen, you know, to recently one of the prominent programs in the country. As you've been there, front and center this whole time what, what what is the thing that stands out to you about sort of the arc of the Oregon program over the years well I think you know I'm going to mention a name uh, you know Bill Musgrave who played quarterback for Oregon uh, he's a redshirt freshman 1987 that was my first year as the voice of the Ducks and and when he came on the scene Oregon was just uh, you know bottom of the pack and and no respect and the Ducks opened that season, went back to Colorado, and upset Colorado. And from that point on, Oregon football has just sort of inched its way forward to get up to the Independence Bowl. And, and Bill Byrne um, actually purchased enough tickets that the Independence Bowl said, yeah, we want Oregon back here as an opponent. And the Ducks took thousands of fans back there and, and literally saved the Independence Bowl. It was going away. They got a sponsor the next year. Oregon won that game. They got to the Freedom Bowl and then... Rich Brooks, to his credit, with nothing more than Autzen Stadium and practice fields across the street and the shared locker room with other teams, he got Oregon to the Rose Bowl in 1995. And after that game, um, Jim Bartko, who was uh, an associate AD, got with Phil Knight and got with some of our other major donors, Art Mashovsky, and said, look, it, we just finished the Rose Bowl. Do you guys want to take this to a new level and get serious about this with some of the other big schools in the country? Or... Or are we just going to keep trying to inch our way forward and fall back? And that's when that's when the money came in. The practice indoor practice facility was built, and from 1995-96 on up, Oregon just accelerated and then kind of went ahead of college football and made it to a couple of national championship games, which we never dreamed was possible. But it's been an amazing climb, and I think it indicates to me that any program can do it. I'm telling you, if Oregon can can do what they've done and get to where they are. Any team in America can do the same thing. Well, Jerry, appreciate the time. One last one for you. Now, I'm not going to ask you to pick the great game. Look, everybody certainly will be picking Oregon to win it, but I'm interested as you've been there and you talk about, you know, what's a team psyche like, and you know you need to get up to play every game, but sometimes maybe there's a little low. What has your perception been of the team this week and, and, and where they're at sort of mentally in their preparation for the game? I think mentally they're still not feeling the effects of, but disappointed in their performance against Auburn. Uh, they know they played a lot well last week, but even that they, they played so well, everything appeared to go their way. They were nitpicking what they didn't do right. I think they're going into this game 
with a feeling of we've got to get better. And, and that's a good attitude to have instead of we're only playing Montana. So I think Oregon's going to come out ready to play, fired up. And, uh, and, and you know, if, if they get into an early rhythm, it'll be definitely to their favor. Well, Jerry, we certainly appreciate the time. Enjoy the late night. Sleep in on Saturday, for crying out loud, because you're going to be up into Sunday. So I want you to make sure you're well-rested and ready to go on the call, all right? I definitely have the earplugs in on Saturday morning with the uh, blinders on. Nobody's going to bother me till noon, I promise. There you go. That's what I want to (laughs) hear. Jerry, appreciate it very much. Have a great day. Hey, you as well. Thanks for the call. Jerry Allen, the uh, voice of the Ducks over 30 years. He's been doing it uh, there in Eugene and around, and uh, appreciate him joining us very much. He'll give you a little insight onto uh, kind of the, the Oregon side of the Grizzly-Duck matchup uh, Saturday. Okay, it's time to make some NFL picks. Can we transition to the NFL a little bit? We're going to do that. Picks against the spread. But before we do, we want just want to keep the giveaways going for crying out loud. Alpine Touch, you know about them. Montana Special Spice, the best spice that exists for all things. Meats, veggies, I don't know, man, try it on your cereal. Probably going to be great. Got it for you right now. An Alpine Touch hat, the snapback style, give that to you, along with a Grand Slam Pack. Four big flavors, the Original Spice, the Prairie Fire, the Pepper Blend, and the Hickory Smoke. This is the one you want, 329-1899. You call right now, 329-1899. Give us a call right now. We're going to give this away to you. The Grand Slam Pack, the hat, I mean, for crying out loud, everything you need. Cover your head, cover your meats, cover your veggies with Alpine Touch. Alpine Touch is Montana's special spice. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel. Hope you're having a great day. The University of Montana and Montana State football teams head into week three tomorrow, looking to build off big wins in week two. The Montana Grizzlies are back on the road at Oregon. The Ducks are ranked 15th in the nation in the AP Top 25 poll. They're a 36.5-point favorite in this one. The Ducks lost to Auburn on a late touchdown, but bounced back last week to hammer Nevada 77-6. The Grizz are 2-0 with wins over South Dakota and North Alabama this season. The game will be the last in the country to kick off with a scheduled 8.45 mountain start time on the Pac-12 network. Montana State goes on the road to play the away half of a home-and-home with Western Illinois. WIU opened last season in Bozeman, where the Cats were 26-23 winners. This year, MSU heads to Macomb to play the 0-2 Leathernecks in their home opener. Montana State is 1-1, one one, coming off an impressive 38-17 win over the 12th-ranked Southeastern Missouri State, which bolstered the Cats national ranking to 10th. Kickoff between MSU and Western Illinois is scheduled for 2 o'clock 
O'Clock Mountain and can be seen on ESPN+. Plus. In the, in the Frontier Conference of NAIA football, 1-0 Montana Western visits 1-1 MSU Northern for a 1 o'clock kick, and 2-0 Rocky Mountain, who was an NAIA preseason top 25, heads to the state capitol to take on Carroll College. That game also kicks off at 1. And in Missoula, Crosstown Rivalry Night, Big Sky, Hellgate on the gridiron. Boys and girls. Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi. How are you? Great to be with you across the state. You can also check us out on the uh, YouTube. You heard of that? YouTube? It's a thing out there. Uh, Two Tell Nuanas, we got a channel on the thing. You can go check it out, watch the show. And it's also their archive, so you can watch it later. Put it on a loop. I don't know. Whatever you want to do it. Uh, if you want to listen live, you're out of market. You just want the audio side of this. You do what Coulter's doing right now. I'm driving down to uh, Eugene, Oregon. You put it on the stream. Stream is available on the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click the Listen Live tab, and you, guess what? Listen live. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. It is time for Picks Against the Spread. Coulter sat down with me earlier on and uh, and did this. This is for all the football games. Not all of them. The football games that we care about. Most notably, Packers-Vikings. Welcome back. It's time for the first of our new segments, which is kind of an old segment. We've done it before, but now officially we're doing it every week. It's Pick the Lines NFL style, thanks to Katie O'Keefe. Katie O'Keefe's. Where the cocktails are always cold and the people are always friendly. Coulter, uh, a whole bunch of games, but there's only one Dagnab game that you and I care about. Packers-Vikings, week two in Lambeau Field. You kidding me? I can't wait for this game. I can't wait either. I'm probably not going to leave the finer confines of Portland, Oregon until after this game. That's so right. What time's kickoff? 10 a.m. Pacific. Oh, that's good for me. That's well, it's, for... I mean, it's all the same, right? I mean, it's, well, you're sure, still going right, to lose yeah, your yeah, hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's better than the afternoon window but, if it was that. For sure. That's what I'm saying. At least it's the early game. Yeah, if it, was, if it was the afternoon, you'd have to, like, get on the road and then just pull over. I, I had one of the great experiences of my life actually doing that. Uh, I had been married <laughs> for about 11 days. Uh, and I was, I had a secondary impromptu honeymoon in Vegas with my wife and, uh, and we were driving back from Las Vegas through Utah on Monday night football, uh, Broncos Packers, Brett Favre, uh, and John Elway, one of the great Monday nighters of all time. Beaver, Utah is where we were. Beaver, Utah. And you know, in Utah, you got to become like a member of a bar. So you pay like <laughs> yes. four bucks or whatever to become a member for the day. So you can have a beer. So you can sit there and have a drink. Now, we, a it was, half, it was my wife alcohol beer. <laughs> and I and then my buddy who was driving. So we were like, you know, it's all good. And uh, but the drinks were super cheap because like once you become a member, then it's like, okay. And I walk in, and now it's all Broncos fans because you're in Utah, and it's like close to Denver, sure. relatively speaking. And everything. I got my Packers helmet, not a hat, no, a helmet, jersey. I'm doing everything Colton Nuwana's reviles against every single time. 
Overtime, Brett Favre, first play, like an 80-yard touchdown bomb down the sideline, walk-off, game winner. I start running laps around the bar. My wife, who was still weird to even say wife at that time because you just haven't even been ready, is just equal parts just mortified, embarrassed, and then like sort of jovially laughing at the whole scenario. Anyway, we walked out, got in the car. My buddy drove us back up to Seattle. It was awesome. Anyway, love it. There you go. You have that possibility in front of you if you just start driving <laughs> and pull over at game time. Anyway, uh, long story longer. Vikings, Packers, Coulter, I'm surprised. I am surprised at this. It's in Lambeau. The Packers are a three point favorite. I I did not anticipate that when this game, you know, when I saw this game on the board, even with, you know, the Packers win in Chicago. I mean, Minnesota is a really good team and looked outstanding, outstanding against Atlanta. And and I wouldn't say the win was fluky. I would say the whole game was fluky that first Thursday nighter. The, the, like, the fact that it's a 10-3 football game is just odd when when you got, you know, Aaron Rodgers on one side of it and even, you know, whatever about Trubisky, but you just don't expect a game to go that way. I still don't know what I think about the Green Bay Packers. I'm thrilled they're one to know. I am very much sort of I'm I, I it's yet to be determined for me on whether this three point line is is a valid one. I would love it if it was, but I'm just not sure about it. I mean, the pack opening up at home, I mean, you'd have to put them as a, a field goal favorite, right? I mean, I feel like that's just the nature of the beast. I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting. I was, I was trying to dissect what I thought of the Vikings game last week, and I, I've been very adamant about my dislike of Kirk Cousins. And I know I heaped a lot of blame and scapegoated him for what was a largely disappointing season for the Vikings a year ago when they were coming off of a tremendous season that culminated in going to the the NFC Championship game. So, is that right? No, they lost They lost a step short of the NFC Championship yeah, game to the Saints. Not, yeah, right, right, right. They were, they were one step short of the AFC Championship, or NFC, but they won a, they won a playoff yeah. game, and they won the division, and they were a 13-win team. So, to, to fall back out and not even be in the playoffs, it's easy to scapegoat Kirk Cousins. But then you, it's also you got to remember – Dalvin Cook was hurt. Dalvin Cook is a gigantic difference maker for the Outstanding. Vikings. Outstanding. Yep. When Dalvin Cook is healthy, I think he, he – I, I always talk about guys having to prove it. And, I, and to me, David Johnson still has to prove it to me. Joe Mixon still has to prove it to me. Dalvin Cook still has to prove it to me. Dalvin Cook's flashes are amazing. But when, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy for most of his well, football career. Here's the thing. He doesn't have to prove anything other than health, though. Health, he, right. He, I mean, his – him on the field is it's just a no doubter. No doubt. I mean, I yeah. would take Dalvin Cook over every running back in the NFL with with the exception of probably Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I don't know. I, I in, in a lot of cases, I think I'd take Dalvin Cook even over Le'Veon Bell. Well, it, but here's the thing: like you say, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is still in prove it mode on the field. He's actually until now been relatively healthy, right? But has had some really great flashes, and then some times where he has not looked great. Dalvin Cook has basically always looked great, except for he has you know not always been available. Well, the, I, the other thing to remember with the Vikings is is that Xavier Rhodes was hurt for a good portion yes. of last year. He's the, one of their biggest difference. Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph was hurt yep. last year. Anthony Barr was in and out of the lineup, as has been the case for him for most of his NFL career. And their offensive and now line, he's out, right? He's out. He's questionable for this week. So yeah, but I mean, I doubt he's going to play. And the, the, the other underrated factor of the Vikings season last year is that their offensive line was was a huge weakness, and I blamed a lot of that on them not re-signing a couple premier offensive linemen in favor of signing Kirk Cousins. And that's my biggest argument always is 
if you spend 80 mil on your quarterback and in turn you sacrifice your offensive line, you're going to get what's coming to you in the NFL. Well, now you got Riley Reef into his second year. He was a rookie last year, played left tackle. He's into his second year. You got Josh Klein uh, into his second year. You you use your first round draft pick on Garrett Bradbury, the center, uh, as the number eighteen overall pick. You draft the number one center on the board. So now your offensive line's fortified. But the most undertold story last year is that the Vikings had a great offensive line, both personnel wise and chemistry wise, two years ago. Tony Sperano is one of the great offensive line coaches in the mm. NFL. Tony Sperano drops dead during fall camp last year. That shakes you up, man. When you have a, a revered, beloved coach coaching one of the most important positions in football, and they don't have a coach because he passes away, I mean, that's just a horrendous thing to deal with. And then you accentuate that with the mental struggles of Everson Griffin. It all went awry last year. So I think that the Vikings, you know, there's a lot of factors where maybe they didn't actually get any better personnel-wise, they just are a lot more cohesive because of the environment. But I'm so interested in this matchup because I thought the Packers looked phenomenal on defense. And if they can actually even just be good on defense, they're they're one of the favorites in the NFC because of the guy they got playing quarterback. But I'm also interested to see what the Vikings defense looks like against Aaron Rodgers and vice versa does the Vikings offense. I mean, I think Atlanta has one one of the teams that has a chance to take a real step down. Mm. And I thought that the Vikings just whipped them for whipped the first them. three quarters of that game. Whipped them. So I'm just so interested to see if the Vikings look as good as uh, we expected, or uh, as good as they looked in week one on offense against that Packers D. And I'm also interested to see what the Vikings defense throws at the Packers offense and if Aaron Rodgers can get back on track because Aaron, I mean, that there was a great win by the Packers, but they, did, they looked very mediocre on offense. Oh, they didn't look mediocre. They were god-awful. They gained negative 14 yards in the first quarter. I mean, they had one drive coming out of the half or whatever it was that scored them a touchdown, or maybe it was in the second quarter, whatever it was, and that's it. That's all. They lived by their defense, which, again, is on one hand thrilling to me as a Packer fan because it never has happened. So you're right. If, if, if their defense their defense was lights out, lights out on Thursday – I don't expect them to be that. But if they are good, like if they're, say, number 10, they're, if they're a top third defense in the league, this is a, a, a legit Super Bowl contending football team. Here, let's go through this just quickly on this game. We're not yep. going to spend as much time on, on any this of this. This is obviously our, yes. our <laughs> We only get this twice a year. you got to give it to us. But who's got the better quarterback? Obviously, Green Bay. Who's got the better wide receiving core? No question, Minnesota. Who's got oh, right. Who's got the better, you know, Devontae Adams might be the best individual, and I say uh-uh, might be. Uh-uh. Yes, he is. He is. But anyway. Better than Adam Thielen, bro? Better. But, but Productivity doesn't lie, though. Adam Thielen and Stephen Diggs together uh, are, I mean, that's, that's as good a tandem as there is in the NFL. The uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings probably have a better tight end. They have, without question, the better running situation and better running back. The offensive line, I think, is a curiosity to me. The Green Bay offensive line is is quite good. Oh, it's great. And uh, I mean, I would think that that's one of the better offensive lines in the league. Yeah, right? I mean, and so Bakhtiari alone is a premier player. Yeah. So I, I mean, you give you give uh, Green Bay the nod on the offensive line, and then defensively. The Vikings are the, are are the better defense. I mean, they're certainly the more proven defense. Well, personnel, Bay, personnel wise, just man for man, the Vikings should be one of the three best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, 
And now, but Green Bay did what they never do is they went out and got guys in in free agency, they and they were huge contributors. And they got a a really good young secondary. Include I know you're skeptical of the cornerbacks. I am not skeptical of the Green Bay corners, but. I think this is a very even football game. It is a game that on a like if you told me who's the better of these teams on a neutral site, I probably give it to to Minnesota. I think Minnesota probably wins that football game. Um, the X factor though is such an X factor in Aaron Rodgers and what he is and what he ends up doing to teams. And he absolutely did nothing to Chicago on Thursday. And you said you made a you had a great point of insight. I thought uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you said, "Look, I expect." guys who did not play at all in the preseason, especially quarterbacks, to not look good in the first week, maybe even a couple weeks. You just have – you can't replicate not playing and then going out and playing. And Aaron Rodgers looked at – like Aaron Rodgers was not sharp. It wasn't just great Bears defense, which it was, which was, but he missed throws that were there to be made that were not – I mean, this is not even Aaron Rodgers' high-level throws. These are regular NFL throws, and he missed several of them. Totally. So uh, I expect him to be better in week two. Uh, but again, I, this this could be a relatively low scoring game, all things considered. I'm thrilled the Packers are minus three. I would not put them one tenth of a point more than that. Certainly, I think this is a very very close. Like I, I have this as more of a pick 'em football game for the sake of it. Of course, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to cover it up, though. Yeah, I mean, if I was putting a hundred bucks on it, I'd take the Packers to cover as well. You would. I would. Really? It's in Lambeau. I mean, oh, it's true. I still don't trust Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, but I mean, I'm going to pick the Vikings. Obviously. Okay, so straight up right now, bet. Uh, okay, this is our NFL picks yeah, against the yeah. spread segment presented by Katie O'Keefe. Yeah. So we're going to bet a twenty dollar bar tab at Katie O'Keefe's to be redeemed at any time. Okay, is this against the spread or straight up? Straight up, winner loser. Green Bay. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Okay, that's okay, what I'm saying. Okay. You, no, there's no question who you're taking. Oh, okay. I'm saying okay. if the Packers win, I got twenty dollars worth of drinks at Katie's. If the if the Vikings win, you got twenty dollars of my drinks at Katie's to be redeemed at a to at, be determined at time. Perhaps at the next Viking Packer game. Or, you know, 10 weeks sooner. <laughs> right. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Let's do this quickly because it's just such an anomaly. The biggest number on the board has actually moved back a half a point. It opened at 19. It's now 18 and a half. The Patriots road huge favorites in Miami. Uh, the only question is, will the Patriots have any issue coming off of uh, South Beach on Saturday night heading into uh, Miami to play football on Sunday morning, which they clearly have had issues with that in the past? Uh it's a, such a huge number, it doesn't seem close to big enough, given what I saw out of Miami last week. I will take the Patriots to cover that line. I was talking earlier in the week about how the concept of distractions in the locker room is a, is an overblown media fabrication yes. often. And I think a lot of media pundits would point towards, 
well, can the Patriots overcome not only the demons that they've had, <laughs> the hangover demons that they've had in Miami, right. or but they would also say, but also Antonio Brown's going to be a huge distraction. It's not. No. The reason the Patriots continue to win is not only do they take high-risk guys, they rehabilitate high-risk guys, and the concept of a guy being a distraction is irrelevant. Randy Moss was never a distraction in New England. Chad Ochocinco, never a distraction. They have never had a guy that got away with his antics that he did previously to come yeah. here ever. On the other hand, if you want to talk about actual distractions, actual real life in the locker room, it is going to affect the performance Guys the trying to leave the team? Guys talking to the media about how I can try to get out of here. Get me, get, Help me. Somebody help me get out of Miami. <laughs> that is an actual real distraction. I would take any spread they put on this game. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to cover anything, man. I think the Dolphins are going to lose by three or four scores for the next couple of weeks if they don't figure out the internal portion of what's going on with them. The Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You'll hear this game uh, right here on 102.9 ESPN Radio. It'll be on the air beginning at 9 a.m. to our pregame show uh, for uh, uh, the kickoff in the uh, in the. Uh, 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 at 11 a.m., excuse me, uh, after that. So the Seahawks at the Steelers. The Steelers are a four-point favorite, even though they absolutely look just the worst ever uh, against the New England Patriots. Again, I don't put a ton of stock into that, especially in a week one deal. I just don't like uh, what happened to the Patriots last year against Kansas City. Got blown out at home. Everybody, oh, this is the end again for Tom Brady. Well, not so fast. And so I don't worry about that too much. Seattle got a one-point win against a, a, a very average to below average Cincinnati team. Was an underwhelming performance, but a W nonetheless for the Seahawks. Seattle plus four in this one. Uh, I like the Seahawks to cover this game. I actually kind of like Seattle to win this game straight up. Though it is more important to Pittsburgh, and it is a home game for the Steelers, certainly that's good for them traveling that distance. Seattle always struggles, it seems like, when they got to go to the Eastern time zone. Yeah, I think this is a big bounce-back game for the Steelers, and I'm not necessarily so. I mean, I, I'm more skeptical of the Seahawks than you are. I just don't really know where they're going to find their, their production on offense. I know they're going to do this running back by committee, and they did actually lead the league in rushing yards a year ago, but... They look bad on the ground on Sunday. They did, you know, and it just seems as if if Chris Carson is your bell cow, that's all, that's all right. But I just I don't really know where we're at with the Seattle offense. Russell Wilson needs somebody to throw it to. I mean, they, yeah. they don't have that super reliable guy like they have had for so long. Tyler Lockett shows flashes sometimes, but I just I'm not sold on him as being a elite player. And I, mm-hmm. I just think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to open it up. There's going to be a big bounce back. For the poor performance. I mean, the Steelers stunk it up on Sunday Night Football. They're going to be rare and ready to go. I think Ross Berger's probably going to have a big game spreading all around the yard. And Juju Smith-Schuster, Dante Moncrief, you know, the weapons are going to come out to play. I think the Steelers are going to win this game. Okay. Uh, Bears-Broncos, another regional team in the Denver Broncos uh, in the, uh, across the state of Montana. I don't know if there was a team that I thought was more disappointing in Week One than Denver against Man, right? Oakland. They just uh, look flat bad. Flat. They did. They look bad. They look bad. And they really the the really disconcerting thing is they look bad defensively. Right. That's where they're supposed to. That's where they got the personnel. That's where they hired the head coach. And they got. I mean, John Gruden just had his way uh, to a certain extent with this team. They they buttoned it up a little bit more later on in the game, but not before it was too late. The Bears, though, also, I mean, if you this might be the two most disappointing teams from week sure. one because the Bears, you know, everybody's been very high on. Not you, by the way. You're the one who's thought they might take a step back. Yeah, Bears here. and Falcons, those are my two free followers okay. this year. Well, uh, but Chicago, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite in Denver, 
presumably it's going to be a defensive battle. Um, I really don't know what to think about Chicago this game. Chicago two and a half point favorites. You misspoke there. You what said, did I say? You said Denver in Denver. But I'm it, sorry. It, it, it's Chicago's a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, Chicago's a two, yep. point fa- yep. two and a half point favorite in Denver, though. The Broncos are hosting. Um, I don't know, man. This this line feels about right to me. I think Chicago probably does figure out a way to win this game, and, and I – uh, until the Broncos show it to me, I I don't know I don't know that I can sit there and feel real great about them. I think part of it was just John Gruden out coaching Vic Fangio, and I think that's why the Denver defense looked flat. I think they just didn't know what they were doing for the first three quarters. Mm. There's a lot of element of surprise in what the Raiders were doing. I, I think sometimes you just got to believe what you know to be true, and that's the that is that players are more important than anything else when it, in pro sports, especially in the NFL. There's just no way that Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller and Derek Wolf are going to be horrendously bad for a 16-game season. You're going to have ebbs totally. and flows in a bad game, and, and when you look flat, when you're out of sorts, not lined up right, whatever it might be. But I think sometimes that then boomerangs around to then you being lights out on defense the next week because, again, these guys aren't going to class. These guys aren't college kids. These guys are getting their heads ripped off for 10 hours a day by the coaches to get it right. And so... I think that that'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting to see what Matt Nagy pulls out of his hat, too, though, because I thought that the Bears looked largely uncreative on offense a season after they were one of the most creative yes. teams in the league on right. offense. So we'll see. I, I think Mile High is one it's of the best places yep. to play. Yep. I, I, I think the Broncos will cover. I don't know. I, to me, it's a pick'em game, but I, I, I take the Broncos against that spread. Last two quickly, Coulter. Sunday night, Eagles at Falcons. Philadelphia, one and a half point favorite. We're both going to be on Philadelphia on yeah, this, I'm on aren't Philly, we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the Falcons are are. I think Matt Ryan is. I think he's solid and no longer elite. I know you thought he never was elite, but I think he's middle of the road. I mean, I, I would truly. We were talking about this last night. I would truly take guys like Derek Carr over. Over yeah. Matt Ryan now. Derek Carr looked phenomenal. He did look good. Um, Monday Nighter, a, a weird one here. Browns at Jets. Sam Darnold out with mono, Another of deal. all things. Uh, and with that, even though both these teams are 0-1, the Jets a horrific loss when they were up like 16-zip and then let the Bills come back and, and they end up losing by a point, the Jets did. Uh, Cleveland just utterly dominated and you know this is supposed to be the big Cleveland team I'm all over the Browns anyway the Browns are now a six-point favorite because of the Darnold news I don't even know who the Jets backup quarterback is you have any idea who, who's who's playing football on slavery is it but McCown you'll take I, a look. I think you'll, Josh McCown retired well right? he but he, he came back I think I don't know Trevor what Simeon oh Trevor Simeon give me the Cleveland Browns <laughs> Give me the Cleveland Browns. Or Luke Falk might get a chance to make his NFL debut. I'll tell you what, both those guys are good college quarterbacks. That's that's not happening in the NFL. I I think the Browns uh, were and should be embarrassed by what happened on Sunday. Certainly. Uh, Baker Mayfield played poorly. I think Freddie Kitchens maybe got a little welcome to uh, what it's like to be the head man uh, uh, a little bit there. Uh, I still have question marks about this offensive line, which I think is a problem, uh, a big problem, frankly, for the Browns. But they're really good everywhere else, and I think they will win this football game. And, in fact, I think they'll cover not even so much because they're that good or whatever, but because the Browns without Sam Darnold, I think, are, are in big, big trouble. One more game i got to get just quickly. Okay. The game of the week is Saints-Rams. Saints are at the Rams. They're oh, yeah, LA. right. The replay of the NFC Championship yeah, game. The Rams, Rams are a two-point favorite. No chance the Rams win this game. I agree. Zero I think, chance. I, I thought that the team that looked the absolute best week one was the Saints. And Granted, they gave up some yards and stuff to Deshaun Watson, but that's a dynamic offense in Houston, too. The, the, Saints, the Saints have captured 
what has been elusive to them since they won their first Super Bowl. They have a cohesive team in terms of the style they play on both sides of the ball. I think the Saints are the favorite in the NFC. I know it's only one week into this thing, but I thought that the Saints looked tremendous on last last week. I think that one of the dumbest things you can say in all of sports is that one one guy wanted it more. Like when two guys are diving at the football and one guy wanted it more. No, he didn't. He just had like lower body leverage or whatever it was. They both wanted it the same amount. But in a fight, the want it more, like who's got more to fight for, who's got a bigger reason to fight, that person will almost always win. And you know what? The New Orleans Saints want to win this game 1,000-0 because they feel that they were jobbed in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl, and they are going to take it out on the Rams on Sunday. That's my personal opinion. I think they're going to hammer the Rams in L.A. Picks against the spread. Brought to us by Katie O'Keefe's. Coulter's going to owe me 20 bucks there soon. I'm very excited about this. Tell them more about it, Coulter. If you happen to not have been in Katie O'Keefe's in a little while, they just remodeled the entire left side of the bar. So when you go in the main entrance there in the Stevens Center, turn left and you go downstairs. It's just two stairs, but then you get into this glorious wide open bar. The space is Cavernous. tremendous. Yes. I mean, you have... Multiple dartboards, multiple pool tables, multiple big buck hunters, a jukebox. Ah, Coulter's family. Shout out with the jukebox. All sorts of uh, board games. I mean, it's a great space. There's cards in the corner. It's a huge bar, and it's a great place to watch sports. So if you you need a place to watch the Grizz game on Saturday as they take on the Oregon Ducks, head on down to Katie's. And they have – they do it where they have a little – like corners for each NFL team, too. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a place where you can sit with fellow Seahawks fans or fellow Packers fans, fellow Bears fans. They'll have all the games rolling on Sunday as well. they got drink specials each and every single day of the week. And they don't have food, but that's okay because you can bring whatever food you want in there. That's right. So if you want to go down the way and get some Vietnam food, you want to yeah. go get some pizza, order whatever you want, in. you can bring it. You can order it right there. Anything you want, you can eat it in there as well. So go check out Katie O'Keefe's. Katie O'Keefe's 2100 Stevens in the Stevens Center. When you pull into that parking lot, which, by the way, ample parking, it's the last door on your right. So when you get in there, last door on your right, and then take a left. Go check out the new downstairs bar. There's also simulcast horse racing, a full casino. It's one of the great places to enjoy yourself on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Go check out Katie O'Keefe's where the cocktails are always cold and the people are always friendly. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now, and Blackfoot... They got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. Getting a little blustery out there. Going to be an adventuresome evening. It is to tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Broadcasting live 
from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything on the show today, fun show that we've had, even in Coulter's absence, although he was here for, effectively here, radio here for like half the show or more. Anyway, you can check it out on the podcast. Two Tail and Nuwana's podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Like it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, star it. It's available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Um, appreciate you listening on the radio and watching on SWX Montana television across the state. Outstanding to be with you. I uh, want to update you, too, uh, let you know. As you know, we are now carrying all the Seahawks football games all year long. Very happy about this. 9 a.m. the pregame show begins. Two hours of pregame show into an 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time kickoff. Seattle at Pittsburgh on Sunday. When that game is over, though, we will be dropping you right in to maybe the matchup of the weekend between the New Orleans Saints and Los Angeles Rams. A replaying of the NFC Championship game. We will have that game for you as well on Sunday. Uh, so we're uh, we're cooking it up across the board. By the way, tomorrow night, if you're listening on the radio, driving around, Syracuse-Clemson, the football game. Uh, Syracuse, the last two years, you beat Clemson once and then almost pulled it off again in Clemson last year. I think it was the closest game, in fact, that Clemson played on the season was against Syracuse in uh, Clemson. So this will, uh, you know, potentially really good game on Saturday for you as well. So get some college football, number one team in the land, and uh, and then a, a, an awesome, outstanding NFL doubleheader. And, of course, yes, Packers-Vikings. Packers-Vikings. <laughs> what a way to start for the Green Bay Packers. Go Bears, Dagnab Vikings, back-to-back weeks. Hey, it's time for our prep extra segment. It is brought to us by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Tonight, uh, let's say Class AA rankings, Billings West. They are the defending state champion. They are 2-0. They haven't played a close game yet. I know it's early in the season. 22 first place votes are the number one team in the state. Butte, number two. Butte having a very nice year. They're 2-0. Helena Capital Bruins, followed by the Sentinel Spartans, followed by the Helena High Bengals. Those teams, boys and girls, all undefeated. 5-0. 5-0. Games for week three, the number one Billings West versus Skyview. Cross City in Billings. So if you're out there in Billings, forward to that game. Get the uh, get some in-city rivalries going. Happening in Missoula as well. Missoula Big Sky taking on the Hellgate Knights. Those teams are combined 2-1. and one. Hellgate just had their first game of the year last week because they opened with a bye week. That doesn't seem to set up very well for you. Now, there's a 15-team class AA league now because the Belgrade Panthers are playing a double-A schedule. So you have now a bye week, which you didn't have before. But wouldn't you like to mix it in after at least one game, for crying out loud, if not four or five, and Hellgate ends up drawing the short straw. And so now they got to wait. They had to wait a whole other week. Well, they got an extra week of preparation, maybe got some tape, and they uh, rolled up Billing Skyview last week, 39-0. Uh, so another another good good win and a great start for Mick Morris and that crew. Uh, and then uh, they will play Big Sky tonight, who beat Bozeman last week. Helena is at number two, Butte. That is a battle of undefeateds, both 2-0. and And then Kalispell Glacier is at uh, Capital. Uh, Helena High, right? Is that Butte? 
Capital is hosting Glacier. And then Sentinel, the Sentinel Spartans, they're also 2-0. They're headed up to Flathead. Remember, Flathead, the defending state runner-up at the Class AA level. Uh, so tonight uh, they will be hosting Sentinel, Sentinel trying to keep that record clean. So at least one team of the undefeated is going to fall tonight uh, because uh, Helena and Butte, well, they can't both win. That's the nature of what you do. Uh, there you go. It's our Farmers State Bank prep extra segment. Prep extra segment. Farmers State Bank, you're Montana Bank since 1907. And uh, also with the My Card app, you can turn off your debit card. From wherever you are, you lose it, you misplace it, you can't find it, shut it off. Done. Then as soon as you find it again, probably if you're me, in your hand, probably in your hand or in your wallet, right where it's supposed to be, just couldn't see it, and you turn it right off, right back on again. It's that easy. Safe banking from Farmer State Bank, farmersebank.com. Um, I'm interested in this, in this uh, uh, college football weekend. I'm interested in this NFL weekend. I'm so very happy that it is here and that it is upon us. By the way, the Chicago Cubs are in the bottom of the eighth inning. I thought this is notable. Yes, because I'm a Cubs fan. They've scored 17 runs. 17 to 8. The preponderance of home runs in offense in baseball right now is absolutely absurd. We're going to talk about this later on, but the home runs and the juiced baseball and the different approach, just yanking it out of here. Every sky ball, every fly ball is at a home run now. I'm going to talk about this, but when it goes in your team's favor and they hook it up with 17 runs in a the game, then, then you feel all right about it. That's when you feel pretty good about it. Uh, halftime, Wake Forest up 21 nothing on North Carolina. Now, North Carolina was like the, 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 the feel-good story, right, last week. Getting a big win, upset victory. Mac dancing in the locker room afterward. I guess kind of dancing. We're just sort of moving around a little bit. Could have been stretching. Hard to tell. Really hard to tell, actually. Uh, anyway, Wake Forest uh, putting it on uh, UNC right now. And Boston College, they're up 10 nothing on Kansas. The Kansas Jayhawks. And Les Miles back into it, trying to bring a program back from the dead, man. Also tonight, Bumped up about this. Washington State, the Cougars. They're the 20th team in the nation. You know that? Mike Leach. You know how close he was to going to Tennessee? Surprising, that story. Anyway, uh, Washington State at Houston. Dana Holgerson going down to Houston. uh, And uh, they'll be hosting that game is at 7.15 Mountain Time on ESPN Television. You can check that out. My predictions for tomorrow night's game. Grizz, Oregon. I got Oregon winning this thing 55-14. 41 points is what I'm putting on it. Double nickels, two touchdowns. Hey, Oregon, uh, I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Oregon, I think Oregon's better than Auburn. Auburn got them at the end in a... You got to play the whole way through, but I, uh, give, give Auburn credit. I think Oregon's better. I think if they played again, Oregon would win that game. Okay? And I think they're going to uh, win this game handily. I don't believe it will be 77-6 to like it was against Nevada last week. Uh, and I think the Grizz are, 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 you know, going to play up, as Jerry Allen said. The voice of the Ducks are going to play up to Oregon. Uh, but 55-14, that's what I'm putting on it. Montana State at Western Illinois tomorrow. The Cats are better than they were last year. Western Illinois is worse than they were last year. Montana State still beat Western Illinois a year ago. 
I think Montana State goes out and wins this game handily. At 38-14, Montana State winning by 24 points. ESPN Plus at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon if you're looking for that thing. Pac-12 Network, 8.45 p.m. for the Grizz Ducks football game. And then, we got the Seahawks beating Pittsburgh on Sunday. I think Pittsburgh goes 0-2 and you got problems. Problems in Steeler country. Boys and girls, have a wonderful, wonderful... Oh, did I, ta- did I say that I thought the Packers would win? Of course. I don't care about the Vikings, their defense. No, nah, no. Nah, get them out of here. Go Packers. Boys and girls, have a wonderful night. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great, safe weekend. See you Monday. TSPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi there. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.